Hello, and thank you for listening to this Bournebrook podcast. If you follow us on Twitter or tune in to last week's episode of The Week in Review, you'll know that we've been censored by YouTube. As a result, we've taken the decision to move full episodes of our shows over to the Bournebrook website as of next week. Clips will remain here on YouTube, but if you want full episodes, go over to bournebrookmag.com forward slash podcasts or find us on Spotify. Links in the description. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to the week in review. Um, Michael is not here again. He's waylaid. Uh, he's off someplace uh, having an adventure while while you and I, Luke, do all the heavy lifting. Um, I am joined, of course, by uh, Luke Perry. Luke, how are you, sir? Yes, uh, very well. It, it is Curzon's turn to go on strike this week. Um, and considering no one, we don't have Curzon to ask you about the weather, I think I, I must do the heavy lifting on that front. Please do. Yep. It's been been warm. It's been warm today. At the minute, it's it's a bit cloudy. We're heading into the evening, so mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. The sun's uh, going down a bit earlier these days. Um, yeah. like, like cool was eight yesterday. It's uh, summer's wrapping up. Yes, and we're in we're in late August. It's bound to. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll um, we'll uh, we'll we'll move along to the the hot climate and go somewhere hotter. Both figuratively and literally we'll begin with uh, afghanistan which we touched upon uh last week um but the story has developed somewhat since then um what are you been looking at in afghanistan luke no so, yeah well last week we looked at a um a kind of repeat of the evacuation of saigon and the uh, hel- helicopter military helicopters escorting away at embassy staff to safety and since then, um, the Taliban has fully seized control. The um, the former president of Afghanistan has fled and, um, in effect, th- thrown in the towel. And the Taliban are, are at the minute, it, it's, it is relatively quiet, considering this is a terrorist group. But we're just sort of waiting to see how the Taliban will rule, whether they'll be fanatical and export Islamic terror around the world or whether they'll moderate themselves. But that's besides the point at the minute. The The real talk on the, on the ground is potentially another refugee crisis. Now, of course, this was seen with Syria five years ago. Europe, in effect, opened its borders completely. And we see it's just the, um, in an echo to the past, that same sentiment happening once again with political elites. Now, I don't know what, what you've seen with Kit, but the, the sort of craze around the mainstream media is that all of Afghanistan is in danger and uh, a continent thousands of miles away with a, a culture not relatively in tune with Afghanistan needs to, well, in effect, open its borders once more. Mm, yeah, the, um, the, the, the hastily arranged meeting of parliament was... Uh pretty much in consensus right um but yeah no it's it's um it's a tragedy we're looking at here where um it's it's on numerous fronts one is that simply we as i pointed out last week we, we went into afghanistan um held the nation down for two decades and then within a week of leaving it may as well never happened that that's the sticking point and two is you're right, there is going to be a refugee crisis. I mean, uh, what's underreported, obviously, is that most people in Afghanistan are happy to stay put in the country and that the scenes at the airport were, you know, a very small portion of the population. And two, that most refugees, if they do leave the country, will be um, assumed into uh, neighbouring Islamic countries. 
um if it if this does come to europe i mean you know who knows what will happen i mean you know we also you're right Luke, this is a, a sort of a, a rinse and repeat of what happened um in 2015 where the borders of europe were flung open and with that came a whole lot of uh socio-cultural issues um and a big uptick in terrorism um and um so, yeah, so we'll, we'll we'll see because I mean the, the the conditions created by the last refugee crisis created a populist surge all over Europe um, that we're still sort of in the echoes of. So I mean we'll we'll see what happens, but for now I mean it's just um, it's never nice to see a country collapse. No, certainly not. And um, even if we do want to be isolated from that, it would still have its aftershocks, which reverberate all over that to us. I think what is different, though, from Syria is is that the West this time has, particularly the UK, is even more of a guilty conscience, given that it, it was essentially under Western occupation to, to keep the Taliban out. In the end, as the Taliban's quick surge kind of proves, is that many people people in Afghanistan may not openly support the Taliban, but are certainly sympathetic or um, apathetic to their takeover, that, that there was not this mass resistance that some US officials probably seen, like Kennedy once predicted that um, the Cuban people would rise up and overthrow Castro. That That's just, the, the whole world is not ready for liberal democratic values and won't be ready for a hundred of years if that point ever comes mm-hmm. and that's the just key mistake the political class and and, and, the, and the media class seem to make they seem to think that the whole world is islington mm. when it is not it's far more violent and far more brutal yeah and and it's it's a thinking that's sort of um confined within that sort of early 90s um end of history post-cold war sort of outlook where liberal democracy is the the natural um uh, heir to you know to to to, to the world right i mean um weak historianism exactly exactly is that you know give 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 uh give it time and everything will liberalize well no and and that shouldn't be the case i mean um you know obviously we, we hear a lot of screechings from our adversaries about you know cultural imperialism well this is that to a t you know it's going into a you know going into a still quite agrarian um conservative islamic society and trying to impose liberal democracy was was never going to work and it, it seems now painfully obvious that it was literally just a matter of time until the nato forces sort of got tired went home and then the taliban just came out of the woodwork but one thing i've seen that is fascinating to me um as a side note is that there are uh, taliban fighters you know younger than us you know in the late teens early 20s who have never not known a U.S. military presence in their country. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, our generation has <laughs> never known the military, not in Afghanistan, until this very moment. Uh, I think part of sort of the the backlash from Islamic extremism came from U.S. hard power. Uh, think about it: the uh, a foreign force comes and bombs your nation to oblivion. It upends political leaders, which creates a power vacuum. You're going to grow up in a world that that, that is violent and radicalised and ready to cut each other's throats. Hmm. So in an effect, the imposition of liberal democracy and with the intention of establishing liberal markets in turn has um, fueled this backlash against it. Hmm. I mean, I don't want to live on the liberal democracy. I can't imagine what a a, 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 a passionate tribal chief would think. 
No, and um, I mean, democracy in the West it didn't happen overnight. I mean, the, the UK, can you even pinpoint when democracy would have started? Would, would have been the Magna Carta, would have been the Great Reform Act, the Glorious Revolution? It, it took hundreds of years. The US only really established democracy overnight is, is because the, the British landed this culture with them even as the 13 colonies broke off so yes th this is the the dilemma uh, the, the western world faces in trying to it, yes literally in effect colonize other places hmm. and and it's, it's ironically it's the conditions that created the taliban in the first place where you know the the soviets came in to prop up a, the, the a failing socialist government and it was it was that sort of resentment of um of a uh, you know foreign imperialism that created the the mujahideen who then became um the the, the 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 taliban and there's you know there's some hope to be clean there and that the you know, the soviet um union collapsed not long after that so uh <laughs> yeah. i mean but like the um the, the a point i saw on twitter recently by uh eric sivajothi which was i thought nailed it perfectly was that was that the american empire is now rapidly approaching its suez moment where you know the, the the writings are on the wall for its hard power around the world, and you know, in the next uh, up and comer is sniffing around the edges. I mean, that happened with us and the French, to, with the Americans and the Soviets, and now it seems, you know, because this is not only um, a PR disaster for the American government; it's also a PR disaster for America on the world stage. Um, oh yes, and you know, and you know, and it's it seems obvious to anyone who's looking that you know, Pax Seneca has been waiting in the wings for about a decade now. Um, I'm sure they'll be uh, they'll be ramping up, you know, the, the rhetoric around Taiwan and the South China Sea, knowing that America is, um, you know, sort of its tail is tucked between its legs at the moment as it, as it escapes Afghanistan. There's there's blood in the water. Genuinely, and yeah. uh, other countries won't won't just look at America on the world stage; they'd look at America internally, see how divided it is, how fragile, how low, how low trust it is, how how low trust, how corrupt. And um, if if China sees that the American government is attacking its own people, it's it's not going to blink twice about um, its ambition for Taiwan. That 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 will be America's real serious moment. I think I think the American empire has already vanished. It, it's it's just got um, a post-colonial force in the form of military forces. Mm, mm. And um, so going out of um, America's lack of world stand, standing now we need to look back to europe and the the fallout it is having we, we have talked about a, a potential refugee crisis but it, it has been split across the board it seems that the uk w wants to uh, allow afghans in without a passport so um <laughs> that, that throws up many problems of its own but uh i want to talk about france slightly with with Emmanuel Macron. Now, uh, Emmanuel M Macron has kind of put his foot down here and, and said that um, he doesn't want to let this get out of control and effectively saying that we want few migrants, if none at all, from Afghanistan. Uh, of course, this is um, because there's a presidential election next year and the populist Marine Le Pen is breathing down his neck. And uh, that, that's what European leaders have to face. Uh, we could, I think you hit it on the head where um, a migrant crisis unleashed a populist wave. And uh, people, politicians don't forget. You may, you may think that they work short term, and they, they really don't. Mm -hmm. Yes, you know, as 
all, all politicians um, wish to become statesmen, and um, you're in there, you have to make certain things. And yeah, you're right. I mean, um, for 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 Macron to um, uh, allowing, you know, someone in the UK about you know up to up to uh, twenty thousand um, Afghans entering the country, which doesn't sound like a lot compared to you know uh, a million people entering Germany, but I mean, it's still you know it's still uh, an unsustainable amount of people. Uh, regardless of the humanitarian uh, need for it, um, yeah, it just it's because it's still an emerging story. I mean, it, obviously, it's everywhere we look, but it's still an emerging story. Um, so we will have to keep an eye on it. But there, I mean, there are points of concern. Obviously, there are you know people who collaborated with the NATO forces who are now being you know hunted down in Afghanistan and you know searched door to door. And there's been some quite fun exchanges between you know sort of. Um, quite uh quite meek western journalists trying to you know appeal to the taliban sense of you know the liberal humanism um <laughs> the, the, the 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 listeners can't see us but we are both chuckling because <laughs> it's, so it's so it's, naive it's so naive yeah it's i mean we, we were talking about um people think that everywhere's like islington and california and I remember I, I said yeah on Twitter a few days ago about that uh, a Western reporter talking. It was it, they were talk, she was talking to the Taliban, and she said so. When the Taliban's in power, would, would they allow uh, women the right to vote and, and elect women leaders? Uh, honestly, the, the Taliban fighter just bursts out laughing and orders the camera to be shut off yeah. because it's such a massive disconnect. Yeah, yeah no, it's it, it, again. It's like I I don't know where the idea came from that you can just impose western liberalism no, on it's, it's not even a case of imposing it's the case of these people need to be liberated it's that they already adhere to liberal democratic values hmm. uh, that's your point out from tom harwood's comment on you made made on gb news that many afghans are w- w- want to flee to the west to um embrace liberal democracy and democratic values uh, I mean, that's just that's just going to be a no-show isn't it because we've already had migrants f- f- from that part of the world and you essentially form c- a different country with within that the um the emigrated country which is which is a funny thing for a you know a, a, a Whiggish liberal like harwood to talk about because you know it is quite possibly one of the most socially conservative societies in the, on the planet yeah on on, it, it, on 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 Islamic lines, not you know Western canon lines, but still. Yeah. And as well, the reason why this this populist wave happened in the mid to late twenty tens was that we, we found out that um, cultures flung together from far off parts of the globe struggle to integrate, mm. particularly when la- large numbers arrive, mm. because when th- these people arrive from wherever, there's enough people in the country so they can stick to their own, sort of, sort of stick to their own, and um, it is essentially form isolated communities, which does not, not too many great things for um, social cohesion. Mm. And then if you, if you mix that with what's left of Western culture, which is, you know, a balkanized, fragmented mess of, you know, extremely niche personal identities, you have a society where its inhabitants have as little in common as possible. Yeah, it, its inhabitants are ready to be cast aside because they, they don't have they don't have the uh, backbone they don't represent a civilization at the end of the day they don't represent a culture uh, the reason why um sort of dictators like, like putin uh, are able to um 
to hold on to power partly is because democracy has been shown to be a in part a sham and unworkable and unsustainable hmm. and yeah, chaotic yeah. and this scares a lot of people well because it, it it succeeds in very few things and the things that it does succeed in aren't particularly good you know it, it succeeds in keeping a culture permanently divided which, which again feeds into the whole angle of you know we're now watching the death spiral of the american empire because it's it's you know it's um its epicenter is so balkanized culturally that it, it can't put up a, a, an organized struggle against, you know, a, a, a dormant titan like China. Yeah, and, and um, for, for, well, part of the reason why America is so divided is that it's um, sort of poisoned by its own success in that, that liberal democracy and, and liberal markets feed and atomize society. It breaks down trust, social cohesion. It ensures that people are so disconnected from their communities and their family that they move towards a larger state as that form of security and and they move away and they, as they have no purpose they move to um divisive movements that are led by a uh, not not so virtuous people or um if they are will not end well mm-hmm. and uh, i mean why why would we, why should we be worried about thousands upon thousands of migrants come in here establishing their own culture in contrary to western civilization when western civilization itself is probably as much a parallel society as you can get well western civilization um i would even uh, hesitate to confirm that it really exists i mean um to me western civilization is just a, a sort of a discombobulated collection of american satellite states yeah at this point western civilization is practically a memory there's, there's no institution is holding up its principles. Many, much of the wider public <laughs> would probably struggle to, to name accurate values of Western much as they could name mm-hmm. things like respect and tolerance, but and, it, it works and to mean nothing at the end of the day. Yeah, and, and it, it, its canon of literature and philosophy is under constant attack from, you know, yeah. its, its current priest class. Yeah, uh, and in the minute, it is being replaced with a in effect a cultural revolution Mm -hmm. and one in which you dare to oppose you risk losing your job destroying your reputation this 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 is Mm. what what the american empire is it it is broken and disintegrated which is is the source of my sympathy for the afghan people and that you know i don't want them to be subjected to either the taliban or to you know sort of bug man pod life yeah yeah yeah, it's, um, you know, it's, if you if you if you look back on Afghanistan, it really is quite a quite a proud country. It's kind of like Ethiopia in a sense that in that Ethiopia was was, was never colonized during the scramble for Africa because it, it it held its own. You know, Afghanistan is you know known as the graveyard of empires. You know, Genghis Khan couldn't hold it down, nor could the Russians, nor could Napoleon, nor could the British on numerous occasions, nor could you know the American Empire, which in the post Cold War years was you know. I'd say probably it was more potent than any global hegemon has ever been. Yeah, and Afghanistan is impossible to conquer because, well, it's very mountainous. And uh, whilst it may be full of disparate tribes that wouldn't usually get on with each other and would prefer to stick to their own separated by the mountains, would not take too kindly to an invader of any colour or creed. The reason why the Taliban has been able to secure it completely is because, well, it's it 
came out of the Pashtun tribe, which exists in both Afghanistan and Pakistan. And th that's why the, um, the bulk of Taliban support is in the south. That's where their ethnic group is. Mm. But of course, it can have sympathies across the board. Mm. I mean, we, we've probably all seen the poll that shows 99% of Afghanistani support Sharia law. And whilst may not be as high as that, it is certainly a considerable number, mm. in, enough to cement the Taliban's power. There's, there's no armed uprising, not because the Taliban are are as violent a group as they are but because as i said they're apathetic hmm. yes in um in in preparation for the inevitable discussion of this topic i i watched rambo 3 last night and um as a, as a, in that he's in afghanistan you know, fighting off the soviets and uh, a, a, he's talking to one of the one of the pashtuns and um there's a greater quote where he says uh, you know um they say that that uh May God deliver us from the venom of the cobra, the teeth of the tiger, and the vengeance of the Afghan. And he says, uh, John, what's mean? And then Rambo replies that you guys don't take any shit. And I uh, said, yes. So <laughs> it's, um, it's, yeah, it's, it's a very fascinating place. Um, but, uh, and, you know, it's, it's um, again, as I was saying at the start, it's not, it's not a particularly pleasant thing to witness happen. Um, but you know, again, it's like uh, there is something to take away from good or bad from you know watching history take place. It's watching history repeat itself mm -hmm. more than anything, and no doubt we'll see a similar situation like this in the future. Mm. Yes, yes. Well, um, we'll we'll move along from Afghanistan to uh, something a bit more cheery, which is um, perpetual lockdowns forever. Um, a couple of things to go into. It's not it's not a fixed COVID story, but we'll we'll, we'll do a couple of things. And the, the first is uh is the land up north, uh, Scotland. Um, the uh the the, the perennial uh, little tyrant Nicola Sturgeon now wants to make um her mandate to basically turn the country on and off from the plug uh, permanent. Yeah, I mean this this. This consolidation of power by the SNP, politicising the civil service, trying to break the independence of the judiciary, even trying to um, cut Alex Salmond out of political and public life forever, it's, it's just gotten reverting back to its natural state, really. It was always a highly centralised state. It's where we got the Stuarts from, who believed in, in uh, thoroughly believed in, in, in the divine right of kings and their will was the law. And um, it, it history repeats itself. But yeah, and no, no doubt many political leaders, but Sturgeon in particular, have seen COVID as a way of expanding their power and advancing their aims. Because she's been able to, one, blame England for everything, and number two, consolidate power <laughs> as, as along with it. And uh, well, Scotland's problem isn't only COVID, it's ranks very high on the list of alcohol and drug deaths is the, the highest drug deaths in europe and uh, the smp's concern has always remained to uh, consolidate power at any cost and push for independence by blaming us pesky englishmen down south mm. and and in a way we're almost like the last barrier between that and uh and and you know total subjugation of the scottish people i mean obviously we aren't in much better a position uh down here but um 
Yeah, it's, it's Sturgeon's had this weird thing the whole way through COVID where it's been, you know, anything you can do, I can do better approach with England yeah. where, you know, we, we introduced a tier system and she introduced one with more tiers. Um, you know, we, we came out of lockdown. She, so we delayed lockdown. They delayed it by, you know, longer. Um, I mean, she had her 15 minutes of independence as well. One point, the border between England and Scotland was closed. <laughs> yeah, from, from, from her end, yes. Um but yeah, it's um, it, it, the, the less I talk about that woman, the better. I think um, mm-hmm. yeah, we've already been censored once. I'd hate to be censored again. So we'll we, we'll move along there to um, the country that I think has surprised me the most during COVID, being Australia. Um, I always thought of Australia as being you know America done right. Um, it had that same you know, sort of freedom and frontier sort of mentality to it, but it, it it didn't you know lose its collective mind until recently. And you know Australia and New Zealand have been the most draconian of the Western powers, um, but now there's um, there's 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 a new uh, S show happening uh, in the land down under. So what have you seen over there, Luke? Oh so, yeah, uh, Australia and. Uh, it's it's partner in crime New Zealand were have always been the uh, I've always liked to see themselves as the the preset for how the Western world should have coped and that was just to lock down whenever there was a single case so Australia ha- has been in many areas of Australia have been in repeated lockdowns because only one single COVID case has been reported that has been enough to shut down an entire state but um they've become even more tyrannical how could this be possible well because they at this point literally view the people as their own enemy we saw this brewing about a year ago when a a pregnant mother's home was practically invaded by um social worker militants wearing lanyards because she had um post posted a post on facebook about um organising an anti-lockdown protest but it appears that the authorities have taken this one step further and that they have um, jailed a man for for planning a lockdown protest who has been sentenced to eight months with three months minimum uh, Australia will still be in lockdown by then what's the point and uh, Australia has surprised me the most as well because it's taken more of, of its common law and, and its liberties from England than, than America has but it's and for a nation so isolated as well it it has been mesmerizing how it has handled the pandemic Mm -hmm. yeah it's uh, at every step there's been just really alarming footage i mean uh, uh, two come to mind one of um a protest where the cops are literally chasing people down and tackling them to the ground there was one of um a guy who refused to put on a mask in a store being carried out by a big burly security guard in a sleeper hold and then sort of drops and he goes limp onto the floor and just smacks his head and ugly really ugly stuff but like the the it, it took the cake this week with the video of um uh, a man and his child being uh, forcibly separated um by police while the child screams in terror and tries to run away and the guy is tackled to the ground and it's just yeah, it's just a ugly ugly mm-hmm. scenes happening over there uh certain traumatizing and there was um did you see the clip of uh the the police officer on, on at a press conference literally bragging about finding someone yeah, the the police officer goes now we, we have um arrested five about 517 um i forgot what word he used not not delinquents but 
that sort of fits the point. So they've arrested and fined and charged 517 people for breaking the law. And then he hooks onto this specific case of him, him and his cronies arrive at some poor man's house. His car comes into the driveway. And that, that's when the police start their on-the-spot interrogation. And in this press conference, you, you see the police officer saying, now, this man went out for some fresh air, and I'd just like to let you know that's not allowed, and we will be prosecuting these cases to the full, ex full extent of the law. I mean, Britain's got a joke about, have you got your breathing licence, mate? That takes it to a whole other level, like your fresh, your fresh air pass. Mm. I mean, what is going on anymore? I don't mm. know. Yeah, I saw one yesterday, uh, a tweet by the, I think it was the government of New Zealand or one of the local governments in New Zealand. And it was just the, the part that I find the most disturbing is how, because, it, you know, it's it's sort of, you know, joined at the hip with, you know, the, the, the vacuous uh, mass culture of the West. It's, you know, it's the sort of quirky girl boss, you know, like. Hey, ah, queen. And yeah, exactly. And it was um, one of them said, uh, let's play a game, go home, stay there. That's it. I was like, you know, because they're trying to be quirky about literally putting an entire country under house arrest because of one COVID case. Yeah, it's, they enforce these very draconian laws and act like children while they're doing it. Yeah, yeah. It's, and it, it's so simple-minded as well. It, it's, if, so you see this on Twitter, you see footage, of, of, like usually, Wicket, of, of someone being tackled to the ground at an anti-lockdown protest by the police. And you always see someone getting ratioed in the comments because they said, um, well, if you didn't want to get thrown on the ground, you shouldn't have been breaking the law. It's, it's a bit more than, not a bit yeah. more to it than that. I, I wonder if they'll apply that same logic to George Floyd. Of course not. Of course not, right? No, yeah. no G George Floyd was this, this perfect person who's been memorialized like he's a Vietnam veteran. Well, I mean, treated treat with far more respect than a Vietnam. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they, right, right. They, get, they get left in the dirt, you know. <laughs> yeah, thank you, thanks for your service. Now beg for food, you know. Yeah. Uh, I, I was thinking that uh, I think Floyd's mural in Minnesota is almost the same size <laughs> as the Vietnam War Memorial in DC. Hmm. Hmm. Or more likely, oh, yeah. certainly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. Well, um, Again, we'll, we'll move along again because, you know, if we, we go into COVID every week and it's actually been a fairly slow news week as far as COVID's concerned. I mean, especially uh, here, I mean, the, the rhetoric around uh, vaccine passports has has been sort of toned down somewhat. And, you know, I, I welcome that until next week when it will inevitably come back with a vengeance. But we'll, we'll move on to a few sort of loosely related uh, miscellaneous topics. And the first one um, being... Um, great news for uh, for conservatives everywhere and, and those who still you know appreciate um uh, old-fashioned romance and that's the uh the the um well the uh the blocking of sexually explicit content from uh, only fans which i mean only fans if you all you really need to do is do you know a few minutes of research and you can see what a blight that is on society um how it's you know it's just this sort of uh synthetic facsimile of intimacy masquerading as you know egalitarian you know provision of intimacy for the masses when really it's just porn it, it is a it is a microcosm of, of what the west has become and further proven by it jumping by millions of years during during the pandemic mm -hmm. yeah it's it hijacks the, the human need for empathy mm -hmm. and um it, it just turns 
turns literally everyone into a piece of meat. Everyone, 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 and their self is a product. Mm-hmm. And um, but it appears that the world of well of capital, not the hard right, has uh, forced its hand. But, but that, that that's the be- that's the, the the best thing about it. It's not been some um, far right Christian southern evangelical from standing from his mega church that that's done this it's it's essentially been um well <laughs> capital's best friend and that, that that's the bankers and they're, they're worried that um under 18s have been exploited on the site and under 18s have have been faking their their id again another microcosm of, of what the west has become children becoming um well <laughs> well sexualized really in the fallout of a sex revolution it, it, that's what happens to everything and uh, it's again the best thing about the story of conservatives you just have to sit back and watch the fireworks mm-hmm. yeah so, so, same thing with GameStop it, it, it wasn't some um, yeah. hard right takedown it was literally some wolves, literally some people on reddit thinking how can we break the big bucks mm-hmm. yeah I mean, look, it's again the, the the more I've sort of looked into um, the the the, the, the platform and what it offers i mean it's 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 the the moral disguise for what this is is so paper thin that once you get through you, you really see what has become of the west as a whole which is that everything that is true and good and beautiful has been stolen from the people and then sold back to them you know yeah. like the idea of you know um um, of, of monogamy and 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 um you know fulfilling relationships have been taken you know they've been replaced by casual sex hookup culture tinder porn only fans again and then um but because it's still a human need when it when it's taken away from your day-to-day life you will you will then happily pay for it yeah um which is the service it offers you know i i've seen um people who use only vans or just like by saying that you know they're providing a, a relationship for people who are lonely well if you but like that's the thing is that you know it's like um it's like giving a a, a a, a heroin addict, you know, a lifetime supply of methadrone. You're not getting them off it. No. You're just you give them a facsimile. Well, the, the, the intention is isn't to get them off it, is it? It's no, it's, it's a human need that's been hijacked. It becomes a vice. Hmm. Comes hmm. an addiction, hmm. and addictions make money and they control people at the end hmm. of the day. And and when if everyone is doing it, it provides social capital. Hmm. Yeah, which which is the prison or the future in which you know, we all build our own cages because you know and and our our handcuffs aren't made from metal they're made from you know vice and addiction and 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 you know a sort of internalized debauchery because again you know you you engage with this you know pornographic material but you're not you're not connecting with another person it's just, it's just you you're in the matrix that that is literally destroying your body yeah, destroying your body, your mind, destroying your ability to form relationships it's um to catch yeah. twenty two you can't yeah. form human relationships you move to this the the, the virtual realm hmm. and that cycle repeats it's like when um like children nowadays who can't read books because their attention spans have been stunted by social media and so they can't if they can't read books then they spend more time on social media and that um, cycle forever repeats hmm. yeah and for every day that they're doing that the ability to pick up a book and read it gets further and further away from them yeah. yeah but again it's it's another case of you know the right thing happening for the wrong reasons where you know it's not for only fans wasn't you know it, they didn't make this move because they realized that the, their product was, was a cancer on society they did it because you know of uh, of investors 
Yeah. Again, it was it was an issue of money and not right or wrong, which is again, it's just it's just where we are. Um, in that you know, in that again, everything everything good and wholesome is, is just a, a commodity. It's now in the marketplace, and, you know, and and I, I honestly I can't tell if if the if you know we're the consumer or the product now. Well, clearly the consumer. Both really, I and mean, the product. <laughs> that that, yeah, I mean, that was so it's clearly the consumer and the product. Yeah, both. And we're also, the, and we're also the slave. Yeah, because because like the the most valuable commodity in the world right now is personal data. Yeah, you know, more valuable than oil, more valuable than than, than you know natural gas and lithium. Yeah. Um, yes, we we are we are we are both. We are the product yeah. and the consumer. Yeah, to, to, to quite fight for the things I don't end up owning you. Mm-hmm. Yes, this is this is this is where we are, and you know, and, and let's let's wrap up by, by looking at the other side of the coin because you know, again, it's um, in the West there's a there's an epidemic of you know loneliness, and um, especially especially during the age of COVID, um, one a subculture that sort of grew out of that you know bitter, um, resentful loneliness um, is the incel. Um, you know, but again, we, we'll have to tread lightly here, not not for reasons of censorship because um the term has been seized by the commentariat and so poorly explained that the well has poisoned in any sort of you know earnest attempt to understand why these men behave and think in the way that they do is to justify it because i don't justify it um but the, the the explanation that these are just you know these are just sort of internet misogynists is 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 massively oversimplified but we're talking about this because last week there was a tragic shooting in Plymouth. Um, five people were killed, including small children, and the perpetrator was um, supposedly a member of this uh, incel community. Yes, uh, and um, if we uh, look away f- from um, the overanalysis of the commentary, I would found that th- this man has um, issues with things other than women. He had severe m- mental health problems. I think the pandemic probably paid him any uh, positive effects. He, he was isolated. And um, going back to sort of the wider culture and the analysis of, quote-unquote, the incel, as soon as I heard that term, I always knew it quickly spiral into an umbrella phrase used to dis- describe and um, vilify all dissent, really. Uh, thing with, with, with incels is as, as you said we get, they are a product and that they essentially belong to the sexual revolution it's just that they're sort of locked out of the, of this world you're muted sorry yes exactly um and with you know um the the, the commodity of sex and the um the the non-binding nature of it now you know you can, you can have a, a fleeting connection with a human being over a night and then you never see them again um and yeah, it, it's created a whole new cast of of low status males who, um, are, you know, are bitterly resentful. And you know, and uh, uh, that's the part where I, I do disagree with them. I you know I think there's other ways you can, um, you can channel that. But I mean, ultimately, it has been created by uh, other conditions. It isn't just you know, men who fall out of the sky. No, exactly. It's it, it's not men who hate women. It's men who hate. Um, so not only hate just women, but men also hate you know society. They hate themselves. It it, it is it, it is just masculinity condensed to its finest form. It is 
I'm not using the term toxic masculinity, but it is just anger and aggression. And men, when they have these emotions, they express it outwardly. Mm. Mm. Women more likely to um, develop eating disorders and self-harm. Men are likely to inflict that harm on the wider society. That's why all mass shooters, are, why many mass shooters are male, why many terrorists are male. And this, this is, is essentially a monster. Mm. And if it, in the Plymouth case, if it breaks out, it is deadly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's important to know that it, it very rarely does. I mean, you know, people think about Elliot Roger or Alec Manassian. I mean, the incel is, is more of a risk to themselves than they are to other people. Yeah. You know, they're far more likely to kill themselves than not to kill other people. But again, it's, it's, um, again, it's just another symptom, right? Of, of, um, a culture that is, you know, post decline is now in the ashes where, um, the bottom strata of males who just have no hope in hell of competing for affection or romance. Yeah. And um, they're not given any out with that. The, the institutions that built up men are not there and yeah. always, always vilified. And again, um, the, the yeah. American psychological association said that um, traditional masculinity is in fact, toxic masculinity. Right. Exactly. And if, and if, if these incels would acquire th- th- these traits of self-improvement, sacrifice, <laughs> there is other days, but we'll soon be over. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's just, it, the incel, they, the incel has been sort of, grouped in this umbrella term and then shoved at the bottom with no hope of redemption mm-hmm. yeah and that's it and and it, it ties into you know the 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 woeful um miscarriagement of care by you know people who talk about mental health every waking moment when you know men go to them and say um you know i've got problems with mental health okay what's wrong well basically over the last 20 or so years i've lost my place in society Oh, no, 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 that's the wrong way to feel. No, because, like, you know, because the, the whole point of, you know, men's mental health in, in, in air quotes is about, you know, um, shedding off your masculinity and, and embracing um, a, 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 a more impotent and weakened um, state of masculinity, a more submissive state of masculinity. Well, um, one of the most important things you have to recognise is that human nature will always triumph. Yes, it can be hijacked and channeled to destructive events, but it is always there, even in the subconscious. That is why people who think the world is a blank state, like postmodernists, like the, the feminist crowd, that they still, if, if a man was to talk about his feelings, he is perceived as weak, even by the people who, who say otherwise, because it's in the subconscious. And uh, that, that that is why... I mean, we've had this stereotype of the uh, the feminist still wanting the the antichrist, you know, the the six figures, the six pack, and the six foot. So, and the men have been sold a lie where um, that's a world where it isn't the case. Mm. They've essentially been hoodwinked into into what the feminists want in the end: a chance to be vilified and a man to express his emotions on the spot. And this is how a man expresses his emotions. Mm. He, he is not singing Kumbaya in a circle, hugging people and posting it on Instagram. No, he is getting more and more angry. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, because again, he's, um, his problem isn't being addressed, but in fact, you know, the, the, the solution being put to him is only making the problem worse um which again you know is only so far is only so far one can be pushed i mean again i'm i'm not uh when you begin to justify what happened in plymouth or with any other mass killings but i mean it's to to just point at it and say 
this is misogyny. We need to get rid of toxic masculinity. It's just, it's just going to create more Ele- yeah. Elliot Rogers and more Alec Manassians. Yeah, it's fuel on the fire. Hmm. These are uh, all symptoms of where we are now. Um, and I think we'll uh, we'll leave it there for another week. Um, for a bit, bit more gloomy. I, I just, in a weird way, Michael brings a sort of bizarre optimism to the show. Um, whereas when it's me and you, we just go full black pill. So, um... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's, that's another term that, that, that has been hijacked. Yes, yes. The Intel, the Intel, uh, Intel dictionary. Yes. Um... <laughs> I mean, I've never heard such a dictionary before. But anyways, please wrap up the episode. Yes. uh, Well, thank you for listening. Thank you to Luke for taking part. And uh, we'll see you again next week. Cheers.